Hello, everyone. Joe Morton here for this edition of A Cup of Joe podcast. I'm grateful that you're here. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And thank you for sharing it for those who uh, you feel could need this in their lives as well on their health and wellness journey. So thank you for joining. Today, I want to talk about success leaving clues. You may have heard that term before, success leaves clues. What am I talking about with this? What does this mean? For example, there's a podcast out there called Case Studies. This is Casey Baugh's podcast. I love it. He takes entrepreneurs from uh, the local area or entrepreneurs that he's come across in his journey and he interviews them and he talks to them about their their business. So if you can put put your business hat on for a moment and whatever or, or uh, entrepreneur hat on, this is a podcast you want to listen to because he's going to ask them questions about their journey what they went through, how what it was like to build their business. Like, for example, Alex Dunn was his last podcast. It's an incredible interview with an incredible local leader that has built worldwide businesses and success leaves clues. And what's interesting is you listen to the different leaders that he interviews, you're going to learn there's going to be similar thread that weaves between all of them. And Alex Dunn is the most recent one, but as he goes through the ones, you're going to learn different things and you're going to find that there's similarities between them, success leaving clues. And so I want to talk about this from a a health and wellness perspective. And how I'm going to do this is there's a series called Live to 100 Secrets of Blue Zones by author Dan Buettner. And he takes five different communities throughout the world and he studies them. Why are they blue zones? He's referring to them as blue zones. These are people who live long and vibrant lives. And these five zones are, he studies Okinawa, Japan, which is the southern tip of Japan. There's a, uh, islands off the southern tip of Japan. Sardinia, Italy, Loma Linda, California, Nicoya, Costa Rica, and Ikaria, Greece. These are the five areas that he studies. And so I want to go through each one. We're really going to focus on Okinawa, but I'll pull some of these other ones in uh, for this particular episode as well and show some of the threads. Again, success leaving clues. There's threads that that tie them all together. And you're going to see that there's similarities that we can learn from in our own journey, in our own health and wellness journey. And in my particular case, I'm very focused on longevity. So for example, who can you follow that are going to help along in your journey? I'm going to use this example for you want to body build. This is your goal. This is your desire to build muscle, to build weight, uh, to gain weight. Uh, follow people. like I, I kind of like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I, I like him. He's He's fun to follow. He's Always uh, in his iron paradise, his gym, he calls it the iron paradise. In fact, he actually travels with the gym. So when he goes on set and he goes to film a, a movie of some sort, he builds an entire gym and travels with it. That's how important his workout is. And he calls it the iron paradise. And so he does a lot of posts. If you follow him on social media, he'll do posts from his iron paradise. And he gives you ideas, little clues along the way. So if you're trying to build muscle and gain strength and possibly even gain weight, he'd be a good one to follow. And you can follow his workouts. He's got them posted online. He's even has on Spotify his workout uh, music that he goes by. It's pretty good. And it's helpful. Okay. Uh, you want to be in running. Runner's World, for example. I follow Runner's World, a whole bunch of different Instagrams and Facebook and different social media. 
And for example, it was good for one of the first posts that I saw on Runner's World on their Instagram was about building a base period. So, so many people have set their goals this year of 2024. They're pushing towards, let's say, a half marathon or even a 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon. Very common that people are setting that goal. You might be listening saying, yes, I want to do a marathon this year as well. Okay, great. Or it's a trail marathon or it's an ultra marathon or you're wanting to do a triathlon, whatever it might be. They were talking about the importance of a base period. And you've heard me talk about this in the past. The base period is so key. Anywhere between two to four months, my particular base period for what I'm training for right now is I'm giving myself a good four, four and a half to five months base period. That seems a little long, but it's an aggressive event that I'm doing. And so I wanted to really lay down a solid base. And he talks about the exact same things. You want to get injured quickly? Increase your miles too too fast or increase your speed too fast. And those are the two ways. And so build a solid base. And it might be difficult at first. Oh, I've got to, I want to run so much faster. I want to run so much longer. Chill for the first couple months of the year as you're building a base. And that was the first post that I read with Runner's World. It was great. So you learn from them. Endurance athletes like James Lawrence and Iron Cowboy. I've had him on, on my podcast. Follow him. The guy gives great advice, gives great posts, and you're going to learn a lot about mindset, but also a lot about endurance and and muscle and energy transfer with foods and and different things. He's amazing. So you're going to learn a lot from David Goggins, another one you can follow. Uh, Hiking, there's tons of options for hiking, road biking, mountain biking, rock climbing, Alex Hanal, everyone kind of has known his, his name now because he's become famous for climbing uh, El Capitan without gear. I don't necessarily recommend that, but he's a fascinating one to follow. Uh, skiing, cross-country skiing, downhill skiing, backcountry skiing, ski resorts, follow ski resorts, follow Warren Miller, uh, cold water therapy, Wim Hof and others who are teaching a lot about that. Longevity is your goal. And what's one of mine, Dr. Peter Atia. I love Dr. Peter Atia. He's amazing. Uh, intermittent fasting, Dr. Eric Berg, good one that I follow. Neuroscience, mental health, overall health and wellness, Dr. Andrew Huberman with the Huberman Lab. Okay, so I'm just throwing out ideas here, but success leaves clues. Follow these people and learn along the way for your journey, what they've taught, and then they're going to bring in different guests and different ideas and studies that are going to help you along the way. So success leaves clues. Hey, by the way, before we start, I wanted to give a little shout out to one of our listeners, Dean York, uh, ran his uh, Disney half marathon on his journey. This is his post. I'm reading directly from his post from Facebook. Disneyland half marathon done. Two hours, 25 minutes may not be an amazing time, but for me, it's been an amazing journey. No, I'm telling you, dude, that was a great time. Congratulations, huge. He goes on, thanks for Run Run Disney for bringing it back after a seven-year hiatus. It gave me the motivation to lose 70 pounds last year. It's incredible. Now, just take a moment and just let that sink in. He lost 70 pounds on his journey. Uh, Thanks for the Cup of Joe podcast. Thank you. Hey, for motivation, training, and diet advice. Ultra shoes, yay, for keeping my knees and feet happy. And most of all, my wife and daughter for going with me to the gym to train. Could not have done it without you all. Congratulations, Dean. That's huge. Um, Really, really stoked for you and happy for you. That's a big accomplishment. Okay, so let's jump into this. Okinawa, Blue Zone. Some of the things that he learns. Okay, number one, food. He puts this into different categories. Food, balance, moai, and I'll explain that. Moai also kind of throws into purpose a little bit. So I'll just hit each one of these foods. 
interesting thing. He breaks up the foods and he, he studies Okinawa. Okay, how is it different from the rest of Japan? How is it different from the rest of the world? Foods. 1% is meat of their regular daily diet. 1% is meat, 1% dairy, eggs 1%, fish 1%, legumes 6%, rice 12%. And here's the, a little bit of an outlier. Purple sweet potato, 67%. He's like, what is this all about? Why are they eating so much of this sweet purple, purple sweet potato? By the way, phenomenal tasting. I don't know if you've ever had it. It's like candy. Incredible. If you can get hands on this remarkable sweet potato, it takes it to the sweet potato to a totally different level. So uh, discovers that they eat a lot more there and it happens to be it's a root vegetable. And so um, it, it lasts longer, especially during hurricane seasons and stuff. So it's just over time that has become an important part of their and a staple in their diet. But the big, but as he studied that a little bit more, the big, the big question came up is how much are they really eating? They don't eat a lot of processed foods. They don't eat a lot of fast foods. These people who are living these long uh, lives Here's an interesting stat that came out of it. On average, the American diet is supposed to be about 2,000 calories. That's what we're told. Now, of course, for women might be a little little bit different. I think it's more like 1,800 or 1,700 and men for 2,000. But on average, we're somewhere around 2,000 calories. However, the real statistic is, and this came out in this uh, Netflix interview, on average, we are eating 3,600 calories a day. Now, how is this possible? So he dives into this a little deeper and he says, why is this? In 1970, he explained that the Secretary of Agriculture said we needed to produce more food to feed the world. In the 1980s, we had available calories being produced per person of about 2,000 calories per person, which was what what we were producing. It's now ballooned up to 3,200 to 4,000 calories is what's being produced. So what happens? Portion sizes go up. Portion sizes got bigger. Foods were formulated to have us eat more. The whole point being we were producing X amount. Now we're producing this much food for the world. So we got to use it somehow. And so what do we do? We make our portions. And now that I say this, just think about it. Have you seen portion sizes increase? The answer is absolutely. We've seen the portion sizes increasing. And so is it any wonder that we're just eating more? So the statistic being 2000 calories, this is approximate, yet we're more in the range of 3600 calories. One of the tricks that they have is a, they're not eating a lot of processed foods and a lot of, a lot of fast foods. They're just eating foods that come from the earth and, and come from nature. That's what they're eating. And so it's really nutritionally dense versus calorically dense. They're very nutritionally dense food. And so, and they also have something which is kind of cool. They have a saying in Okinawa and it's harihachibu, which means something like, loosely translated, 80% full. So before they eat, they'll say harihachibu. And that means 80% full. They'll eat until they're about 80% full. And I remember my, my, my wife's uncle, Dr. Templeman, who's a medical doctor, board certified in the US, Canada, as well as a psychiatrist, he he would talk about this strategy that when you're eating a dinner, especially when you're eating out, you know, because you don't know exactly how much calories are coming in a lot of these meals, push yourself away from the table when you feel you're you're about 80% full, which is interesting because that's about what they do here in Okinawa is one of their strategies, or at least their tradition, push themselves away. He suggests push yourself away and just keep the conversation going. Just talk, just talk. And do that for about 15 to 20 minutes and see if you're really still hungry. Wow. Pretty cool. Pretty cool strategy. And generally, in almost all cases, you just don't feel like you need to eat anymore. 
So there's a little harihachi boo we can all introduce, introduce into this in our lives, 80% full. So next one, balance. Let's talk about balance for a second. Okinawa's sit on the floor uh, while they're eating. They sit on their floor while they're socializing. And so they're sitting down and standing up all day long. And it's a really big part of their culture. And so this develops balance and it develops strength. And we think, well, as we get older, we just can't do those things. And yet these guys are proving completely different. In fact, as you go through the different blue zones, Sardinia included, uh, Loma Linda, Costa Rica, Icaria, Greece, they're moving a lot. They're always walking. In fact, in Sardinia, they're not just walking, but they're walking up and down streets. They're walking up and down stairs. And there's science behind this, okay? So in, in Okinawa, for example, there's a lot of sitting down and standing up and sitting down and standing up. And so they talk a lot about balance. There's something that you may have heard of before. And uh, Dr. Natalie Azar, uh, a news medical contributor, talks about it in, a, in an article I read. And you might hear this uh, now that I mention it. SRT, the sitting and to rising test. So there's studies being done on sitting down and then standing up and how this is a marker for longevity. Okay, so it's an effective indicator of health. Why? Because you're studying your strength of your cardiovascular health, because it does. I mean, when you're sitting down and you stand up, you'll, you'll feel your heart rate go up, right? Good balance, agility, flexibility, core and leg strength. And she says here, continues, as we get older, we spend time talking about cardiovascular health and aerobic fitness, but balance, flexibility, and agility are really important. And so here's, here's a little test that you can maybe do yourself. See if you can do this. You sit down cross-legged and try to stand back up cross-legged and try not to touch your hands to the floor when you do this. Now, this is, a, this is not an easy thing to do. Try it though, see how you do. And that's a good test. It's called, once again, this is, this is a test that's called the SRT test, the sitting and rising test. You know, you hear people say, well, when I get older, I just want to be able to play with my kids my, or my grandkids. I want to be able to just play with my grandkids. Well, that's a pretty good thing to, to test right now as you're getting older is creating that strength, the leg strength, the core strength, um, your flexibility so that you can be going down and getting back up and going down and getting back up. And uh, very interesting that that was a part of this this Okinawa study of uh, balance and and agility and flexibility and so forth. Now with the walking part, again, all these blue zones they're doing a lot of walking. Um, epi epidemiologist Amanda Pulch Pulich uh, from the University of Massachusetts she talks about this in a JAMA study. And they found that walking at least 7,000 steps a day reduces middle-aged people's risk of premature death. Now, it dives into it a little bit closer. All-cause mortality, when you're talking about all-cause mortality, anything that causes a person to die, okay? Um, they did a study with nearly 50,000 participants. They broke them up into three, uh, three or four, four different groups. 3,500 steps a day, uh, 5,800 steps a day, 7,800 steps a day, and... The fourth one, 10,900 steps a day. Among the three, and this is the results, among the three highest active groups who got more steps a day, so the, the 
5,800, the 7,800, and the 10,900, there was a 40 to 53% lower risk of death compared to the lowest quartile group who walked fewer steps according to the meta-analysis. That is significant. So if you're like, oh, I don't want to walk because it's not, it's not so hard or whatever. No, I'm telling you, walk. Walking is so good. It's so underrated. Take a walk. If you have a chance to take a walk, take a walk. I mean, the other night, my wife and I went to dinner up at up in Park City, and it happened to be Sundance Film Festival. We kind of got caught, and they don't they don't let you downtown during Sundance Film. So we we were a little bit of a hurry. Uh, we could have taken an Uber, but we parked at the ski resort, and it was almost exactly a mile to the to the to the restaurant. I checked Uber. Uber was getting me there at the same time as it would be to walk. So we just walked. If you get a chance, walk. It is so powerful, so good for our health and wellness, so good for for balance and strength and cardio and and everything. And you get a chance to talk to your loved ones. My goodness, what a great opportunity. Or if you're by yourself, get into your head a little bit, listen to a podcast, listen to a book, or just listen to nature. It's amazing. So walking, very underrated. Steps, here's another thing. Uh, Take the stairs. Absolutely take the stairs if you have a chance. And again, this is one of the things. Uh, now, it, they, they kind of focused it a little bit more in the Sardinia, Italy, but each one of them walking. Heck, it, there's a guy in Costa Rica in the Nicoya, Costa Rica one. The dude's 102 years old and he's getting on and off of a horse and riding a horse. They actually challenged him. No, this is not your age because they were watching him. And when I'm talking like clopping around on a horse, no. I'm talking like full-blown sprinting on a horse, going in and out of jumping on the horse. The guy was getting on and off a horse way, way better than uh, I'm able to. It was incredible to watch this guy. They actually challenged him. They went and looked at his birth certificate and then went downtown to check on it to make sure the guy was really 102 years old. So that takes getting up the stairs, totally different level. But the point being, if you have a chance to take the stairs, take the stairs. Absolutely. Don't shy away from this. You know, we've made our lives a bit too easy. There's this book, uh, The the Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. I absolutely love it. I highly recommend it. Really good. You start to see comfort differently. And you realize that we've created all these, all these technologies in our lives to make us more comfortable. And yet that's making us weaker over time. And what they're finding in these different blue zones is they're just doing everyday stuff including taking the stairs. So don't miss. If you have a chance, don't miss taking the stairs. Or my name's Joe. I love Front Row Joe. Everyone loves Front Row Joe with your parking. But you know what? Try Back Row Joe. Go to the very end and walk in. Just get a little extra walking in. It's great. So the last one that I want to do, want to highlight that they highlight in there is the Moai. And that's, of course, going back to the Okinawa. But again, very similar threads throughout all of these success leaving clues. Each one of these five blue zones all have a similar thing to Moai, which is committed social circles to help each other. And so they started these off as financial arrangements to help each other financially. But what they found that as time went on, they they just get together, they talk, they socialize, they sing, they dance, they laugh. Laughter was a big part of that particular episode. But as you look again through the whole, they all have this. Like, for example, Loma Linda, California, they're heavy in a particular religion. And in that religion, they do a lot of service. So they talk, they delve into that as part of that social and how important it is to serve one another, to be around each other, to help each other. And it is powerful in this moai, this idea of social circles and communities. In fact, and there's a book called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. 
And I uh, love this book. It's fantastic. And they go through lots of different outliers is what he refers to as people who or organizations or groups that just seem to be outside of the norm and how they've been able to accomplish great things. For example, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and the Beatles. He talks about hockey players in Canada and how if they're born at a certain, the outlier meaning if they're born at a certain time of the year, they're more likely to succeed in hockey. It's really quite fascinating. But there's one that they talk about in, in the highlight in there uh, for Rosetto, Pennsylvania, which is a town made up of citizens who were immigrated and came from a village, Rosetto in Italy, Rosetto Valfotore in Italy. And um, they didn't find a whole lot of difference in their eating. They didn't find a whole lot of difference in their exercise necessarily, although they did a lot of walking. But what they found was they were very social. They were very much together as a community. They talked together. They communed together, I guess you can say, regularly. They had a kind of an open door policy where people could, could just come in and borrow, borrow foods and be there for one another. It was very social, kind of like this idea of Moai committed social circles. And they found that these people in Rosetto, Pennsylvania, during this study that they did, were living longer, healthier, happier lives. We have, unfortunately, um, an epidemic in, in America, which is that we're, we have a loneliness epidemic. And the statistic says this, uh, they make this statement in this, in this uh, particular episode on Okinawa, loneliness can cost us as much as 15 years off of our lives. It's powerful. So this idea of Moai is very important. And again, a thread that that ties these one of these success, these clues that are being that are being left. Another one is purpose. And again, purpose goes through all different five of them, all five of them. Purpose is an important part of each one of their longevity clues. Uh, that are being left. And I, I looked up, a, I like this particular um, definition of, of purpose, which from a, Ascend magazine, purpose can be defined as an overarching intention that is personally meaningful to you and of consequence to the world beyond yourself. Your purpose can help you organize your life, give you clear direction and motivate you, especially when you encounter life's inevitable setbacks and disappointments. Now you, again, success leaving clues, you're going to find that uh, if you look back on my other podcast, when you talk to some of these great endurance athletes that we've had on, they all talk about why. Always a why. What is your why? What is your purpose? Why are you trying to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish with your health and wellness goals? And because what happens, like like this definition says, especially when you encounter life's inevitable setbacks and disappointments, because that's going to come. Your why and your purpose is going to drive you through these because it's bigger than just, oh, I just want to lose weight. Okay, let's use that as an example. I want to lose weight. Great. That's a wonderful goal. But why? And only you can answer that. Only us personally can answer that. But when you dive into the why and you understand the purpose of why you're doing it, boy, that drives you through the different challenges that are going to come along the way, which is because they are. Nobody's immune to any of these challenges. And so the purpose, the why is so key along your journey to understand. And again, highlighted in all the different uh, blue zones. I really enjoyed going through this and recognize that you know, like I mentioned earlier, we are creating technology to make life easier, but in reality, it's making us weaker over time. It is in the work that we keep and stay fit and sharp mentally, physically, emotionally, all of this. 
And this is a main message that comes from that book, Michael Easter, The Comfort Crisis. We're making life a bit too easy. What you find as you go through these ones, like I love seeing the Nagoya, Costa Rica, they're chopping wood. In all of them, they're talking about like washing dishes by hands. And I'm not saying don't take advantage of dishwashers and whatnot, but washing dishes by hand, sweeping. You know, we actually have robots that sweep our houses now. What if we actually swept and vacuumed, you know? Washing clothes with machines again. Don't I'm not saying don't take advantage of it, but this is what we've done in the past in a lot of these blue zones. They're just always working. They're always working. They have purpose. They're going, they're working. Washing cars instead by hand through machines, walking, uh, taking cars instead of walking. Not that there's always a chance for that, but I gave you a good example there of something that just happened in the last couple of days for me. And I have that happen regularly. And if you look at your life, you're going to probably find ways that, hey, I could probably have walked that or I could have taken a bike there. Elevators instead of stairs. What if we took stairs instead of elevators? You know, these things. Exercise doesn't have to be suffering. Walking, going up and down stairs, carrying things, yard work, mowing the lawn, gardening, dancing, whatever it might be. We can learn from these blue zones, success leaves clues. There's a reason why these people are living long, happy, vibrant lives. There's things we can learn from it. I highly recommend you take a look at this, uh, this particular series. Fantastic. I hope you've learned, uh, you learn what I learned from it. It's just fantastic. I learned a lot and it's making me do things a little differently in my life. And instead of me going away from walking when I have the chance or going away from carrying things up and down stairs or Instead, I'm now embracing them and saying, I want to be the dude riding the horse, metaphorically speaking, at the age of 102. I don't actually have a horse, but I'm telling you, that would be freaking cool to ride a horse at 102 and get up and down and, or these people from Sardinia walking up and down stairs, up and down stairs at the age of 100, 95, 98. Credible. Success leaves clues. Thank you for joining for this episode of A Cup of Joe. I wish you an amazing day. Make it a great one. Thanks.